Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to the Russ Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Russ Parr. We've been waiting for it with bated breath. The return of Coming to America. Yes, Coming to America too. March 5th. And you know, people normally, you don't want to mess up a classic because Coming to America is comedic gold. It's one of everybody's favorite, most quoted movies ever. And of course, holding on the other line, his name is Arsenio Hall. And that's right, we're going to talk to him about Coming to America. And we're going to talk about, okay, did y'all do a good job or not? I saw the movie. And of course, um, I'll give you my review. And that's coming up in just one second. But right now, his name is Arsenio Hall. Arsenio! Hey, Russ. It's great to have you, because you know what? I'm an L.A. guy, and I remember back in the day, I used to try to do stand-up comedy. You were good. I wasn't. I went into radio. That's why I used to sit in line, stand in line outside of the belly room at 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night to get a minute and a half, and I'd peek through the door, and there you up on stage killing it. And after you got through doing your set, I just turned around and went back home. I'm like, <laughs> Let me let me give the folks a little context for that. The belly room was the small room at the comedy store that only held like 60 people, but it was a great workout room. And back then, no one wanted to go there because it meant you were new or you sucked or whatever. But here's the interesting thing. The belly room now has blown up because Chappelle did a special in it. One of his specials is in that little room. And now everybody wants to be in the Rust Par belly room. (laughs) I <laughs> know we renamed it and everything. That's a beautiful thing. No, man, we, we go way back. Oh, one, I one more thing. I interviewed you. Hey, hey, Russ, one more thing. You all were talking about Jerry Curls? Yeah. Oh, my God. Weren't Jerry Curls amazing? And yes. I had Jerry Curl until last night, but I put Gorilla Glue in it and messed it all up. <laughs> Hilarious. I used to have all that good Fred oil, and it was oil everywhere. That's why I could relate so much to the, to the first coming to America. Uh, I saw the movie. Um, you look incredible, Arsenio. You haven't aged. I know you're, you're, you're a dad now. And I think a lot of things have changed. I don't to get it back into this character, character, Sammy, did you did you have to draw on anything else or you just pull back from 30 years ago? The same guy and say, let me put that in it. You know what? I don't like to use tired cliches, but mm-hmm. we all use that bicycle cliche of it's like getting back on a bicycle. Mm. This truly is like getting back on a bicycle. And I want to give a shout out to Ruth E. Carter, because once Ruth puts you in the wardrobe and once your guys throw that plastic on your face, it becomes automatic, you know? Yeah. And uh, and it just kind of happens. I, I, once I look in the mirror I know, oh, that barber voice just comes out. I can't even right. talk like Arsenio when I'm in the barber makeup. That's, that's amazing. How long did you have to sit for that makeup? The barber, I think, is like four hours. But there's a new character I do. Um, Eddie calls him a witch doctor. And he's 100 years old. That one is a six-hour job where they change your eyes. They change your teeth. Uh, Arsenio, I didn't know that was you. I didn't know that was you. Yeah, that's me, man. I was thinking it was Eddie. 
Yeah, you know what? Also, also Ruth did something really cool. She gave him a robe so I could buckle my knees and bend down a little bit and be a little shorter. So yeah. when I'm standing next to Jermaine and different people, it seems like it can't be me because Simi's taller than that. You know what? Comedians, and I've, I've directed quite a few films and TV shows and things like that. But comedians, thanks, comedians I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Russ, but thanks for calling me and putting me in one of them. Thanks. <laughs> well, you didn't do well at the auditions. We tried to do a callback, but, you know, your people didn't call my people. So that's how that works. But, you know, the thing is, is that I find that comedians are the best actors. I mean, if you really go back, a lot of guys that you were on stage with back in the day, Robin Williams and all these guys. And like you killed that role as that little witch doctor, because I didn't know it was Arsenio. And that tells me right then and there, this dude, I mean, you're, you're a special actor. Everything you've been in, uh, you know, from Harlem Nights to coming to America. I mean, you, you've done just an incredible job. You're very believable once you get into those characters. And that's why, you know, I look at the, uh, the uh, semi-character and I'm wondering how much of that is really you? Um, the semi-character is not a lot of me because I'm one of those guys who's by the book, you right. know, I'm like, hey, well, don't jaywalk. You know, I, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, and I'm a dad. Yeah. Simi, I think James Earl Jones, when he came to America in the first one and he choked me and he told me, you know, you were supposed to look after Akeem. You know, that's my job. I'm the royal assistant. Yeah. Prince who's about my age. So right. instead of being royal, sometimes I'm like, yo, man, you the prince. We could get laid, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, I met a girl who has some herb. And yeah. all those kinds. So I'm I'm that guy that your parents always said, I wish you would hang out with that boy. Right. <laughs> you know, one of the things that after I watched uh, Coming to America, too, I said, we need that right now, man. We need that right now. For years, everybody's always doing memes from the first Coming to America, quoting lines, you know, uh, doing the reverend and the whole nine. But right now, with what we're going through, uh, it, it's kind of important that we're, we're able to laugh. And I enjoy I, it was like a weight was lifted off of me after I watched it because I was looking forward to it. And I know I've, I've directed a couple of people that have been in that are in that movie that they were telling me it's coming, Russ, it's coming. I'm like, oh, man. But after watching it, I was like, yes, we needed a wonderful story. Um, well acted, beautifully shot well-directed. Uh, did you guys have to go to Africa at all, or did you shoot it basically in the States? Well, first of all, I consider Atlanta a part of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, Atlanta is blacker than Africa. So, uh, <laughs> so I want to add that. But <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I want to ask you a question. I want to answer your question and ask you a question because the interviewer is curious. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to make a movie more important than it is because we're living mm -hmm. some, some crazy times. We have people in food lines. Yeah. A movie is a movie. But, you know, I don't have Bezos' money and I'm not a doctor, so there's not mm -hmm. much I can do for anybody. But God put me here to write jokes and make people laugh. Yes. And I'm so glad that March 5th, I'll be able to say I contributed to a person's day. I hope I can make someone smile because that's what I do. 
and, and you're right, we really do need it. Now, the question I want to ask you is you said something else that clicked in my head. When you watched it, were you one of the people watching it thinking, that's my movie? I grew up with that. I hope they don't fuck it up. Well, I say on the radio all the time, that's what I should you, say, cannot mess, you cannot mess with a classic, okay? You can't mess with it. But what you guys did with this movie, you blended some of the stuff from yesteryear that, that captured me and made me a big fan of the first one. You blended it with this movie, with the storyline, which I thought was fantastically done. It was phenomenal how you did it, how you guys wove it in. And the characters were seamless. I couldn't get enough. When it ended, I wanted more. That's why you guys have to do Coming to America 3, but let's not go there right now. But I wanted more. So what you guys did, and, and, and I, I guess... By the, way, uh, by the way, Coming to America 3 is just a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> and the, my barber will be in a casket with a plate of greens. Yeah. But I have to tell you, man, it's just that it, when you're able to blend all that together, and I didn't... Yeah, I was concerned. I was concerned that, okay... You're doing a classic, dude. You guys can't come half-stepping. And you didn't. You didn't. Thank you, Russ. I, I, everybody way, has to watch this movie. You know, we were aware of, you know, I would be either on Twitter or sometimes in a mall, and people would say things to me like, don't mess up my movie. I hear y'all going to do the second one. You know, people yeah. would say something. So I knew yeah. that kind of thought was out there. And uh, Well, there's no worries, that, Arsenio. No worries, because you guys accomplished more than I anticipated. I didn't. I didn't go in. I want to keep it real with you. I didn't go in with high expectations because I know what happens when you do a sequel. When, when it was done, turn to my wife or turn to my, my, my son. I said, what y'all think? And we all said, wonderful. Wonderful. Hey. It satisfied. It satisfied waiting 30 years. Oh, that you have and no I, idea. I'm not stroking. Music to my ear. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now. It's obviously it's going to be a big, huge success. We know that. Uh, and you're going to have your critics. But I, I, I thought the costuming, I, I looked at, uh, I talked to Linnell a couple of weeks ago, um, and she was telling me, you know, Russ, some of these dresses weighed 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. wow. And I, and I know which one it was. Yeah, the hair and all that, all that was. But just to, to see the costuming and when you throw in with the cinematography, but I got to tell you something. Wesley Snipes. Dude, dude. Wesley, oh my Snipes, God. Wesley Snipes made me say, you know what? First of all, he's a genius. For anybody wondering where we're going with this, he's right. a genius. But every day he makes you come to work and step up your game, dog. He really? is such. And by the way, don't forget him and Eddie did Dolomite. He's brilliant in that. Yes. Yes. I knew the guy he was playing. What he brought to that role was amazing. Wesley is the truth, man. I know we've used that nickname for a boxer in the past, but right, right. he's Wesley, the truth snipes. He was so good. And I love having him there because he's like, he's like, you know, when Magic Johnson would come on the court, he would raise the opponent's game. And that's yeah, what yeah. Wes does. He when brought he that to the table. Set. He, I'm going to tell everybody one, right one now. One more thing, one more yeah, thing go Wes, I got to throw this out. Shout out to Craig Brewer, who had a tremendous um, weight on his shoulders because he had to follow the great John Landis. And yeah. 
He has such respect for the culture and he's such an intelligent man. He did a great job. Now he's side by side with Eddie and Kenya Barris. Now yes. Kenya, the creator of everything with Ish at the end. Right. You know, he was wonderful. And what he brought to it was we had the story, but Kenya brought a current pin to it. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's nothing that's more important than America learning to treat women better. You know yes. what we're going through from, right. from the great Bill Cosby on the comedy stage to Harvey Weinstein. We've seen some crazy things, but the crazy things have made us better. And yes, I sir. love that they included the element of stuff must change. Yes. And in this movie, I don't know if I'm giving it away and I shouldn't say this, but we have opinions about where women belong and all that ish must change. And I, and that, that's what I loved about the story and it, it, it being uh, National Black Movie Day, the storyline, without giving it away, you address that. And I think it was so welcomed because I have a daughter and I want her to feel like she's an equal. Tons of surprises in this movie. A lot of surprises. I'm not allowed to reveal any of them. I'm not going to do that. Uh, this let's, movie was let's just, tell, let's just tell America this. There are some surprises that might be on your Spotify list. Okay. We'll do that. <laughs> because when the movie's over, do not turn it off. Let me just put it to you like that. Do not turn it off. And, you know, and I'll give you another hint. One more hint about, about the end of it. And I'll just say outtakes. Watch the outtakes because you'll see Eddie Murphy is not a stunt man. No. And when you do a stunt with Eddie, you might get kicked. Yes. That, I, Arsenio, I'm not going to reveal it, but I cried. I cried because you could hear it land. Let me just leave it right there. <laughs> so that alone, man, it'll keep you through the credits. Uh, one of the other things is that uh, the young brother that played uh, Eddie's son, A Star is Born. Yes. A Star is Born. Did he come to you as a veteran? And, and do you work? Because I know some actors, man. Hey, man, I ain't trying to mess with you. I ain't got time for that. I'm focused on myself. Is he one of those kind of actors that came to you and like wanted to draw some information from you? Draw Because a lot of old heads sometimes, man, I ain't got time for that. You should have you came here prepared. Was he one of those kind of guys that was thirsty? Yeah, oh yeah, he was thirsty. He's a very special kid. I hope you get to, I shouldn't say kid, but I'm so old. Uh, yeah, me too. Special, yeah, he's a very <laughs> special young man. I hope you get to interview him and I hope you get to get time with him because first of all, I had known him because he's friends with one of Eddie's kids. And uh, mm. So I had seen him around the house when I was visiting years ago. And the reason I remember him, he's a stand-up comic and mm-hmm. he has a twin brother. So there are times if you're rolling around New York, you'll think you see him. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, I saw you at Catch a Rising Star last night. You were hilarious. And he'll look right. at you like out of your damn mind because right. Jane Fowler has a twin who is not a stand-up. Uh, so I knew of this kid. And he came in the audition and crushed it. Really? I mean, he crushed it. So ask yeah. him about his audition, too, because it's a wonderful story. And, and I have to ask you, you know, you can see the respect between Eddie and Wesley. One thing I love about Eddie as an actor is, like, we know how funny Eddie is. He can do a million characters, as, as, as you do, too. But Eddie doesn't mind stepping back and letting you have your moment on the screen. 
Oh, oh, Russ, let me stop you right there. Uh-huh. The Wesley character was written for Eddie to do so that Eddie plays against Eddie. Right. And one day Craig says, you know, there's something about Wesley that's funny and menacing. Wesley can make you laugh, but at the same time, you know, he could kick your ass too. Right. And he said, I think that quality would be great for General Lizzie. Yeah. And that's how that began. Wow. Eddie, not only is what you say he is, but he looked at Craig Brewer and said, you know, you're right. See if he's available. Mm -hmm. And I think Wesley now is going from this movie to playing Kevin Hart's brother in a movie. So he has... I wasn't ready for the comedic timing of Wesley's. I wasn't ready for it. That's why it worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I w- yeah. Arsenio, I sat there and when he come walk into a room, just to walk into the room, we were all on the floor. Yeah. There, it was, and he was consistent. I, I mean, I, I could just talk hours about him, but there were so many things, man, when you brought back some of the old characters, uh, the Reverend, I mean, we're sitting there waiting. Is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? And he did. There's Everybody's there, guys. I want everybody to know. Everything that you've been waiting for for the last 30 years is in coming to America, too. Everything is there. And I, I just want to say, man, watching you and Eddie, you guys have worked together for years and years. Um, does there ever come a time that he just gets on your nerves and that you just have to tell him what time it is? Oh, yeah, because... In real life, we're like these two guys who are friends and he's not the prince, even though he's the king of comedy. He's not the prince. And um, Eddie and I are just like you and your friend. Mm -hmm. You know, every now and then it's like, no, man, that's wrong. That's wrong. Patrick Mahomes did this last year, dog. You know, we're just regular guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to say, man, that in, in wrapping this up, you're comedic gold. There's a reason why everybody loves Arsenio Hall and Eddie. Uh, and it's not just this movie. You guys keep delivering just stellar performances. It makes me proud to watch a, a great black film and t- get a message from it, get a love story from it, be able to laugh at it, to look at the cinematography. There were no corners cut. This was a phenomenal film, and I highly recommend. I'm just Russ Parr, so nobody gives a damn what I have to say, but I highly recommend this film. Wow. Thank you, dude. You, you got me geeked up now. I'm not doing no more interviews. I'm going home. <laughs> I know when to call the game, dog. I'm going home. Well, next time I'm going to have you come audition, and, and as long as you can work for scale, Arsenio, you're in. Hey, man, I'm sitting here listening to you compliment me, and I'm like, now watch this brother direct another movie and call Wesley instead of me. <laughs> I won't do it to you, brother. <laughs> hey, Russ, I, we're going to do stand-up soon, man, so when we come your way, oh, give yeah. us a shout-out. I got you, man. I got you. Whatever you need, I got you, man. Actually, we, you know, everybody in this movie is a stand-up, from Leslie right. to Jermaine to Michael Blackson. Yep. We want to go on the road, and we think we got a name for the tour. Coming all over America. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's perfect. I can see that the T-shirt's a big splat. And never mind. 
Russ, I'm going to get you fired. You better stop. (laughs) (laughs) You're hilarious, man. All right, Arsenio. Good talking with you, bro. God bless y'all. Arsenio Hall, yes. Coming to America, too. Is coming to you on March 5th. Make sure you guys check it out. I highly recommend the film. I think the film is good. Do not compare it to the first because it's different. It's not fair to do that. Look at it for what it is. It's a remake of a classic, and I think they did it some justice. So make sure you check out Coming to America 2, March 5th. All right, it's about that time for my rant. It was so refreshing watching Coming to America 2 and seeing how we as black folks are so artful, so creative, and just beautiful to watch. And then we have to see the dark side. Um, The CDC came out with this report back in 2019. 37% of gun homicides, despite only making up just 2% of the population, were black men killing each other. That's unacceptable. And, of course, Killer Mike, I wish he'd change his first name because I think the dude's phenomenal, but Killer Mike, who's an activist who I love, I think he has a wonderful voice in our community, he has a barbershop in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and his, his windows were painted with bullet holes. And what irritated me is the fact that these are young black folks shooting at each other. And it's usually because of one word, respect. Respect is so overrated. It's like I have no expectations for people to respect me. But you want respect because you disrespected my hood by coming here. It's not your hood. You don't own shit. But you're going to defend it like you do? Respect is earned. And even that, you can't validate me as a man based on your level of respect for me. Because there are levels to respect. I've had so many men that I work for say to me, you know, Russ, I respect you. Well, here's my problem. If you got to tell me that you respect me, chances are you don't. And I don't really give a fuck if you do. Because at the end of the day, just make sure my paper's right. But the level of respect in the streets is mind-boggling. We got young folk out there shooting each other over a neighborhood, a piece of property you don't own or you don't even know how to obtain. It's crazy. And you know who gets shot with these stray bullets? Innocent bystanders. You would think that these young heads would know that we have bigger fish to fry. We have white supremacists walking our streets, killing us. But we're going to do the job for them by killing each other? Yeah, this might be the end of Black History Month. But we have to educate our young folks. Get them to understand respect is overrated. Just give me some kindness. You can keep your respect. Oh, he looked at me wrong. Boom. What kind of shit is that? What are we doing? Again, we have bigger fish to fry. You got guys wearing three-piece suits with a Klan's robe underneath it. But you worrying about that brother who came in your neighborhood and just... Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry about the profanity, man, but sometimes these things get to me that's my rant thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ Podcast. we'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally so make sure you check that out and a new episode each week 
Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Parr Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.